Apologies. Oh, the last hour was so hectic. It's time for our World of Work feature. Our health and wellness feature is coming up at half past 11. Apologies for for that. So on our World of Work feature today, we're discussing skills development in the workplace. So I want us to look at the workplace skills development programs that employers should be considering in this ever-changing job market, right? Because employers are now facing that critical challenge of retaining skilled talent and they have to think about adaptive skills development initiatives. So what are they, right? How do they identify and address these hard to fill vacancies and scarce skills within their organization? Because uh, a lot of them have got to analyze and evaluate the skills that are needed in their organizations so that they then upskill workers based on those gaps that they've identified in the organization. But often when the employer wants to fill these gaps. They look outside of the organization, but some experts argue that upscaling the already existing labor force is actually the way to go because it's beneficial to the organization and that leads to the retention of skilled talent. So as an employer, do you invest in skills development and what kind of skills development programs do you go for? Um, As an employee, have these skills development programs helped in the organization? Uh, give us a call on 011-883-0702. Your WhatsApp's on 072-702-1702. Dimpo uh, Vilankulu um, is a skills development specialist specialist at Strategy Transformation Solutions. Uh, Dimpo is going to guide us through this conversation. Dimpo, thank you for making time. Good morning. Good morning, Clement. How are you? I'm all right. When we talk about these skills development programs, um, what do they look like and which are those that employers should particularly execute this year? Um, Well, I like the fact that you mentioned that in the ever-changing job market, especially in Mm. 2024, employers need to look at um, learnerships. So when I'm talking about learnerships, Clement, I'm talking about employed learnerships. Um, Employed learnerships are cost-effective and already for for your employed employees that are currently with you. And SARS actually even gives an incentive if you um, run these learnerships because you can always um, claim your tax concessions. We're also looking at accredited short courses and programs that are directed at occupational learning. You mentioned something um, in, the, in the opening that spoke to analyzing the gaps within your work environment. Obviously, mm-hmm. once you've analyzed those gaps, you've looked at uh, where your employees are currently and versus what they need to do, then you'll be able to aim or apply for these um, accredited short courses um, that will be able to benefit them and retain that skill instead of looking outside or externally in order to fill um, that uh, need, especially within the organization. We're also looking at um, other pivotal training like your apprenticeships. Um, and when we talk about pivotal, is anything that's professional, vocational, technical, and academical learning programs mm. that lead to qualifications and your trade tests and so forth, your trade qualifications. Because we need to understand that um, some universities, when our learners um, go to university, they don't actually offer some of the occupationally directed learning. You can have your degree, but once you enter into the world of work, there's certain things that you need to learn that are not offered at university level. Then that's where employers come into play mm. and say that 
let's now then upskill in order to retain. Yeah, and the labor market is changing, hey? Um, and, and sometimes mm-hmm. people come out of university and by the time you are ready for a job, uh, things have changed dramatically that yeah. you don't have the specific um, skills that are needed. So how does a company go about analyzing um, those skills um, and evaluating the skills that are needed um, in that in that organization? Because often some of them, when they go through that process, they then look outside, right, for people who may possess the sk- those skills, when in fact the option that's available before them is, you know, go through these skills development programs uh, because then you are upskilling, you are retaining the talent as well. Um, you know, one of the things that employers can do, which you also did mention, <laughs> Clement, is that they can do what we call a training needs analysis um, or a skills audit within the organization. So strategy, uh, labor solutions and transformation solutions actually offers that. So we assist employees in terms of um, evaluating the, the current skills that you have within your organization. And then now we contrast them to what is actually needed or forecasted. So we've got what we call um, the CETA bodies, the Sector Education and Training Authority. They would normally uh, forecast and tell us within the next three years or four years in terms of what are the scarce and critical skills, especially within each and every industry. So you can have a look at that. Also, some entities um, have what we call succession plans. So it's a training needs analysis where you identify the gaps or you can do a succession plan where you literally identify that whom would we like to groom and grow. So let's say you've got um, a semi-skilled worker who's an administrator and you're thinking in the next three years we'd like to maybe have this person as an accountant or something like that. So you'd have a succession plan in place that you would do in order to identify um, gaps or places where you can actually upskill your employees. Mm. What do you say then to some companies who who are worried about these upskilling program and and they say, well, is the retention of employees really guaranteed because an organization can upskill a Clement and then a Clement then decides to leave? Well, um, most employees think like that, Clement, but Mm. think about it this way. Um, You'd rather have an employee that you've trained who you know can is competent enough to um, compete on a global scale rather than being skeptical. What if you don't train an employee and then you're stuck with an employee that gives you mediocrity? Really, it's not really in the best interest of the business because now as a business with technology changing and everything, you still have employees with you um, that aren't trained. So it will affect business. So you need to look at it as um, a business investment. And further, if you're worried about um, costs, the CETAs, the Sector Education and Training Authorities, uh, provide grants. So you can apply for discretionary grants if you don't want it to come directly from your pocket. So we've got about 21 CETA bodies in South Africa currently in each and every industry, from mining, wholesale to manufacturing. Again, strategy, transformation solutions can assist you in terms of applying for those grants. So sometimes this is an employer... Um, you're skeptical in terms of why do I need to pay money out of my pocket? Mm. You can then use that initiative via the, um, the the CETA to apply for grants in order to um, upskill and retain your employees. And one of the things that I'd like to say to um, employers, the reason why the CETA has made that possible is because the CETA is trying to encourage em- uh, employers to actually train its employees. Because like I said in the beginning, it's for the benefit of uh, your entities and investment. Yeah. So... What are some of the critical skills that employers need to start looking into, uh, especially now for, for this current 
economic and, and labor climate? Um, the critical, I mean, in the ever-changing um, industries, especially now that industries that are heavily influenced or rely on technology, um, industries have made use of e-learning, but I'm not going to single them out. Each and every sector or each and every sector, from mining, wholesale, to the bank, to the legal um, sectors, they all have their own different um, skills that are needed in terms of critical and scar skills. Mm. And the CETA provides um, in terms of that sector or that industry, which one is critical. So I would advise employers to maybe have a look at that. Um, then they would know which industry they're operating in. And you'll find that some uh, employers operate, uh, they're multifaceted. They're not only doing manufacturing, but they're doing manufacturing and wholesale and retail. So that, that would be you look, this, this would then be you looking at two industries, both in wholesale and retail, and then in manufacturing. Okay, got it. How has AI redefined the job market and, and how does it influence what skills employers should be looking for? Okay. AI, again, um, for those employers that rely heavily on, on, on technology, it means that now you need to get most of your em- employees um, updated up, or abreast in terms of how to use um, technology because it's not all industries that are affected uh, by AI. So, for example, you can think about mostly the manufacturing industries. They've got your pick and packer. Your construction still heavily relies on manual labor. However, there is machinery that is that is being introduced as a form of AI. So in that um, sense, then employers can then make sure that this is another need that they can identify and try to address. So it hasn't affected all industries. It has affected some industries that rely heavily um, on technology. Mm. And and when an employer, let's say, decides to um, go for these skills development programs, how do they go about identifying employees who require these skills or the skills development or need to go through that skills development program? Um, it goes back again to the training needs analysis um, that strategy offers. So basically what you would do is that you have a look at your, so you contrast, you have a look at your employees, you have a look at uh, your highest level of education in contrast to the job requirements. So let's say, for example, you've got Cindy Cindy's a payroll, a payroll clerk or payroll administrator, but she's been doing this out of experience. But then you realize that she only has a metric. Mm. Then you can identify uh, and say that, all right, as part of the job requirements, it would be good for her to have a qualification in payroll. So then there you've identified that this person needs upskilling. You can also make use of um, uh, performance evaluations. Uh, where you actually evaluate the employee's performance and say that, all right, we've got an issue in terms of uh, performance. And it's not because the employee cannot, does not have the capacity, but it's simply because they need an extra skill. Like what we've just mentioned, that in the ever-changing job market, there's a new technology or machine that's been introduced. The employee cannot use it or functional, cannot use maybe Excel or Microsoft Word or a computer. Then in that way, we say, all right, then let's get that person um, upskilled. That's how then you'd identify individuals that need upskilling through an analysis and through performance evaluations. Um, I see. Are there any, as, as we wrap up, like what would you say are the top uh, crucial workplace skills development programs that employers uh, should be considering? Well, there isn't any specific, like I mentioned. Each and every employer um, needs to consider, like I mentioned that learnership, Mm-hmm. Um, 
they definitely need to, uh, especially in the different um, seaters or the different industries that they're in. I would encourage that all em- uh, employers make use of this and your apprenticeships. But to say specifically which, as for example, in terms of do a trade test in electrical engineering or, mm. or something like that, I can't really depends say. Depends on the so company. Yeah. 100%. Okay. Wonderful. Thank you so much, uh, Dimpo. Uh, great tips there on what employees uh, and even employers should be considering uh, because ultimately we live in a world where there's just uncertainties. The labor market is ever-changing. We've got global uncertainties. So as employers, you want to future-proof um, your skills development initiative so that you navigate these challenges, but also you're trying um, and managing to retain a skilled workforce. Uh, thank you to... Dimpo Vilankulu, who is a skills development specialist at Strategy Transformation Solutions.